Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Mar, and we have a very special episode for you to wrap up our partnership with the Morning After Pill, Ella One. We've finally gone live, so we recorded at Griffith College in Dublin last week with a wonderful audience and the hilarious panel of Shauna Scott, Joanne McNally and Andrea Horan were there as well. So at times I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so much. Let's just say that we were fairly honest. So we'll be having lots more lives coming to a venue near you very soon. So enjoy. I'd like to first introduce you to our delightful panel. Shauna Scott is here, owner of sexshoppa.ie, world-renowned for its sex toys. Am I? Am yeah, I world-renowned? Absolutely. I'll take it. Now you are. Joanne McNally, comedian, is here as well. I was kind of expecting an applause for each person, so yeah. yeah. I don't think you can demand an applause. That's not how applause works. I didn't get an applause, but that's okay. And also, Andrea Horn is here, world-famous tropical popical salon owner. So ladies, before we get into talking about sex, which is what we're all here to do, how did you guys get here today? Like physically, how did you get here? I just always find that quite interesting. Bus and a taxi. Okay. I walked from Camden Street and I was saying to Neve, <laughs> some little, what, what's the poli- right. political correct term for a scumbag? <laughs> some little scumbag tried to steal my phone out of my hand on a bike and thank God I had a heavy grip on it and then I swore at him and then he called me a tramp and spat at me. And he was about 13. And where are his fucking parents? Kids these days. Andrea, can you um, top that or? I feel really boring now. I was like bullying my staff into getting my manicure done in time. So I was literally like, come on, I have to be there. So I'm late for everything usually. And I was on time today, thank you. And I got a taxi. Amazing, well done, congratulations. Sorry, John. Little knacker. (laughs) So in partnership with Ella One, we've been carrying out research. We asked our readers of Her.ie to take part in a survey to better understand young people's attitudes towards the morning after pill and the risks involved in unprotected sex. So we're gonna talk about this a little bit first. Of course, the conversation then just generally turned to sex, which we're also gonna just talk about a little bit as well. We wanted to get people's reaction to the research. So we went out on the streets in Dublin, Cork and Galway and here is a little snippet of what we found out. We've been doing some research with Ella One, talked to people about the contraceptive experiences. We found that 33% of 18 to 24 year olds have experienced contraceptive failure during sex. What do you think of that statistic? I'm not even surprised. Like as bad as it sounds, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Probably quite accurate. Like um, talk to friends in college and stuff like that. I think people would and people tend to rely on it 100%. So it's obviously not great then when something goes wrong. I'm not shocked about it, but I know that it it's like unreasonably large it shouldn't be that proportion of people shouldn't be having issues that's definitely not surprising i mean i know know a lot of people that it's happened to it's happened to myself as well like it's it's just one of the things associated that i think people overlook sometimes have you yourself ever experienced contraceptive failure um i actually have but um yeah no it's it's not a it's not a great thing um, and I definitely think that I wasn't as educated as I should have been at the time. Yeah, I have. Now, thankfully, not too, not too many times, because as you get older, you kind of cough it on yourself. But like, at the beginning, like I'd say, unless the person you're with knows how to do it, you're kind of stuck. So obviously that was kind of just honing in on the contraceptive (laughs) failure and that was a huge part of the research that we found that obviously a large portion of people are experiencing contraceptive failure. So it's happened to me, 
show of hands has it happened to everybody in here that's great keep the hands down <laughs> what, do you, what do you define what as contraceptive failure contraceptive failure in terms of like apart the, from having a child obviously <laughs> that's the ultimate contraceptive failure um, condom breaking I suppose Forge- oh, forgetting yeah. to take your more your pill which I did religiously yeah okay yeah, yeah. That, but contraceptive that's my own like that's my fault if you yeah. know that kind of way as in like I wouldn't call forgetting to take the pill contraceptive failure it's Joanne failure <laughs> but I just used to take the pill whenever I remembered which was terrible and then I remember one of our friends dad's a doctor and he was saying that if you just overdosed on the pill I shouldn't be saying that no. it worked as a reverse matter. reverse reverse no. <laughs> no friends we no used doctor. to buy the pill on the black market <laughs> no. um, Ireland but yeah it was it was very sporadic which of course is a disaster yeah I mean I, I think just got lucky when you think about contraceptive failure in terms of like having sex and then realising that there's a chance that you could be pregnant my initial reaction is always panic that's what I experience so what about you Shauna is that something that's happened to I, you I think I am incredibly lucky that that has never happened to me but every single one of my friends that's happened to yeah and um, whether a condom breaking or they forgot to take their pill and had to take the morning after pill that kind of thing yeah I mean what do you think Andrea panic or well as someone who doesn't want children definitely panic um but like the stats don't lie you have to kind yeah. of realize that that's life <laughs> that's, you know? and that's, me that's my wisdom for today you're welcome I mean <laughs> What about contraceptive in general? Like when you guys were growing up and learning about sex, sex education was something that came up a huge amount when we were out on the streets talking to people. A lot of them said they really didn't know much about the options available to them. I still don't know anything about like my fertility or like I don't know when I can get pregnant. <laughs> I can't get pregnant. I don't know when my period's due. Um, I don't know a lot of passwords for my accounts. But I definitely don't know anything about like when I'm fertile or any of that. I don't understand I my cycle. I think you need to download an app. I'm 35, I've no idea. <laughs> it's nearly over. There's definitely an app it's for nearly that. over. <laughs> Sorry. Well, actually, oh my God. just something else that's running on her.ie at the moment, a little bit of cross promotion. We actually did a fertility series and from 35 onwards, it is considered a geriatric pregnancy. It is, yeah. I know. I write stand up about that because it's <laughs> terrifying. Um, but You're going to have half flushes any day now. When I was, <laughs> when I was younger and I had sex, um, I used to think I was pregnant all the time. Do you know what I mean? If a lad just looked at you for a real long time, <laughs> I'd be in doing pregnancy tests. And I used to say that, I remember that I thought that when you got to a stage in your life, you, you know, the best way to decide, to understand if you're ready for kids was based on the physical location of where you do your pregnancy tests. So like if you do them at home, surrounded by, you know, pashminas and a man, then you could probably, it's probably time to have a baby, but I used to do them like pissing into slush puppy cups in the IMC. And I was like, <laughs> Every time, because you're so terrified because obviously my mum's quite traditional and it was the, the worst thing. It was the worst thing that could ever happen to you in your life was having a child out of marriage or too young. Do you know that way? That was just it. Like it was worse than absolutely everything else. So you were just terrified all the time and you're praying that Johnny didn't break. But now I'm a bit older, I'm kind of praying that Johnny does break. <laughs> 
I'm ready now. <laughs> Pashminas are plenty. Pashminas, espresso. I like machine. I think I just blacked out after you said slush puppy cup. To be oh, honest yeah. with you, I don't really know what I you got back from panic that. And then you yeah. know, you, when you're young, you just assume you don't really understand your fertility. I still don't as an adult, but you do assume that you're pregnant all the time and you're terrified all the time, which is probably a good way to be, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, like another thing that we found though was that six in ten young people of those that we research are having unprotected sex, and then seventeen percent of those are are doing it most of the time. And so we were asking whether it's, you know, just flippancy, whether you don't care or whether it's just kind of risking it. And it turns out that young people are still taking a lot of risks when mm. it comes to unprotected sex. I mean, like Would your you whole say, business though, is like people are doing the same as well, though. I don't we'll think I'm having enough sex to be like having that much risk, but so I think um, part of this is like it's it's twofold. It's the it's the the fact that we we don't have great sex education in this in this country, but also because um, STDs are much easier to to treat these days, um, and we're we're kind of a little bit further removed from the AIDS scare of the 80s and 90s. Mm. The younger generation doesn't remember a time in their life when when people were dying from STDs, and so the the risk to them it might be worth. They might think that it might be worth the risk to them just for a moment of, of sexy fun times, unprotected. But I also think though, like from some of the younger girls, I know that it, some beds, for example, you're saying some beds are really mm. bad for you, blah, blah, they're like, don't care. Uh, yeah. Or like, this is really bad, don't care, probably don't, won't live that long or to care about yeah. that or whatever. So there's this kind of like not caring attitude of like, I know the risks are there, but you know what? I actually just don't give a fuck. It's like smoking. You're like, sure, just this one and then I won't do it again. You take chances with yourself. Yeah. Because it seems unlikely if you've never had a pregnancy, if you haven't like had a pregnancy before, you kind of, it's like dying. You're like, it just doesn't seem like something I do. <laughs> I've never done it before. I've never gotten pregnant before. I've never it died before. very far away and very yeah. much like something that happens to other people. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something as well about actually going in and getting the morning after pill as well. I know that Ella One did research there, which which was separate to ours. I think they did it around music festivals last summer. And it was just about how you felt when you were going in to get the morning after pill. And I think there's very much still a stigma attached to that. Like, I think people are still nervous about that. And one of the things that we found in our research that um, I, like four and 10 said, yeah, I've got the morning after pill once, but then when I've needed it again, I haven't gotten it. So, I mean, do you think that people are still worried about going in and sitting there maybe bumping into Barbara from down the street or? Well, not that you I need to shout so it, but. changed though yeah. over the last few years and hopefully that repercussions of what's happened in society in general, where we've had like the referendum on repeal, we've had conversations about contraception being free we've had the kind of normalization of sex whereas before that it was all very under the carpet we don't talk about, about abortion we don't talk about pregnancy we don't talk about having sex in general um, and the way that we've been raised in ireland to see sex is very um this thing that's like for a woman to hold off giving and a man to try and get and I think yeah. everything's starting to change and you can see a lot of the younger generation who just see it as something obviously very special but uh, also something that is like two people engaging in so yeah. I think that the 
attitude towards things like that and morning after pill as well as that is kind of becoming a bit more normal yeah. I think I that one of the best possible things that could have happened in the last like 10 years or so is making sure that you can get the morning after pill through a pharmacy rather than your family doctor it's fine in a lot of cases in Dublin when you can go when you can go to any doctor in the city but if you're living down the country and you have the family doctor that you've had since you were a baby yeah um you might that might be a barrier to you and that you might be embarrassed there might be that extra added stigma or shame i have loads of friends who have tried to get the morning after pill from their family doctor down the country and the doctor giving them a lecture or slut shaming no them. Yeah. still like still really yeah. yeah like in the last five years but the thing that's so like confusing to me about that is that it's almost as if it's marking you as being promiscuous or, or being irresponsible when in actual fact you are doing the responsible mm. thing. They still bring you into a little room. Yes, they do, yeah. They bring you into a little room. Yeah. And like, that's, that's more for private, like I used to work in a pharmacy. That's more for like privacy because you mightn't want to talk about it on the shop floor. So but it's you've already for, said it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I get the more natural pill? That's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the guts of it. Yeah. Anything else, they just hand it to you. It's like, come on into the little room and you just sit in the little room then. And they're always <laughs> tiny because chemists, do you know what I mean? Unless you're in boots where they've got loads of money they can bring into a big office. But like you're sitting there <laughs> knee to knee with this chemist asking you about what you're up to the night before and what kind of, it's just, it's like, it's weird. Just give me the fucking thing. <laughs> I think there was there was an article there at the beginning of the year about something like that where a woman came forward and was like, I was completely humiliated when they brought in and, and I think it went people were talking about in the government. That's not the norm. And I think that, like you said, Andrea, things are changing about that. You don't need the little room. I think you just can you not just get it over the counter? Yeah. As in without the lecture. Maybe you could ask for the room if you wanted it. I did well, I definitely didn't ask for the room and I was brought into the room. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> we are getting some questions in. Like, if you want to get a question up, tweet hashtag her hump day. And um, one of the questions that came in, we're going to get to more later, um, was just about the cost of the morning after pill and whether it should be divided up evenly between the man and the woman. And we've got a lot of men in the room here actually today, which is nice. Hello, welcome. But we haven't really spoken about men that much. So what do you what do you guys think about that? They're the best. Share the cost. <laughs> We like men. I love men. I remember I got a fright the first time, one of the first times I had sex with my first lover, um, boyfriend. I This is how bad, I know we always slag sex education in Ireland, but it is desperate. I thought testicles were too individual like snooker balls placed <laughs> in exact proportion on either side of a penis and when I saw his I thought he was deformed because he just had this huge sack and I was like, oh my God, I've got a dud. <laughs> I didn't understand that it's just two testicles in a sack. <laughs> what was the question? Men. Men. Now I understand that it's supposed to look like that. But that goes to show you, all I'd seen was the biology, you know in the biology book where it's just a wrecked penis with like two perfectly formed testes like, sp like sprouting up around it or whatever. That's not what it looks like at all. It's always, penis graffiti is always two yeah. different ones. With three hairs Dictation. on each testicle. But, <laughs> but even the little diagrams like on, on condoms on how to show it, like how to put it on. I, again, it's like, it's a shaft and two like perfectly. Yeah. Orbital lies. lies. <laughs> the you give out to world. us for using filters. That is the biggest lie ever. <laughs> 
So hashtag we love men. Yeah. yeah. But I do think for younger girls, we will go back to sack in a minute. Um, Thank but God. <laughs> <laughs> but for younger girls, I think, especially the age group that we were talking to, so it's between 18 and 24, sometimes it's not your boyfriend. Sometimes it's a drunken <gasps> night out. I know. Sometimes you're just having a great time. Like, what would you do in that kind of situation? Or have you ever been in that situation where you've had to have that conversation with a guy and being like, yo, we're going to Boots? No, I don't think so. I think if you don't know him, you just go, you know what I mean? You just kind of leg it. into your life. It's like, I, I can deal with this. It's grand. You'd yeah. be quite, I think it'd be, yeah, it'd be a bit much to drag some lad you'd all night stand with to boots. <laughs> like, what would you talk about? The awkwardness of that. Um, I, I would lean into it personally and be like, you're coming with me. Like right you? now. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh I, my God, trauma. I love leaning into the awkwardness. Like Really? Oh yeah. Like, especially if it's something that involved him as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But what are you getting? Gaining. Making him awkward. Why yeah. would you want to sure, do that? Like, I think I'm pregnant. I'm keeping it. <laughs> but it's not, obviously, it's not just the, the girl. Like, I mean, men play a really huge part in this situation. Sometimes huge. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Um, but do you, do you find that it's an awkward topic for men to talk about when it comes to the morning after pill? I know that I discussed with my boyfriend about putting him on we talk this hypothetical like if you had the male would you take the male pill is there, is there a male pill no well there is they're kind of fanning around with it. they kind of keep saying it's on the cusp of happening and they then it doesn't happen they back on it because there was too many side effects which were less than the side effects for the female contraception but because of those side effects they said they couldn't put it into production for per men what, what kind of, what kind of side effects what kind of side effects are we Mood talking about swings Mood swings. <laughs> like it was literally like mood swings was one of them. Oh my God, yeah. imagine. Like mood swings. We do love men. I'm just mood saying that swing. like we mood have to. Mood swings and like depression and like a few other like like physical side effects. But I mean, it, was, it but would... it's like literally the side effects of the. Depression's a pretty big one. Yeah. yeah. But it would be, it would be interesting to see if it was, you know, if no, it was the men's less, responsibility. And they were the same as women's and then women had more. And then they were like, no, we're going to halt this because there's too many side effects. It's mental. Yeah. I do think in terms of like myths surrounding the morning after pill, this was something that I dealt with when I was younger. So I was, you know, the way, you know, people talk and they tell you different things. So the biggest myth that I thought was real when I was a kid was that you can only take the morning after pill three times and then that's it. Did you guys hear that? Oh, I've never heard that. Oh, I proper. Yeah, that I was heard that, the, yeah. that was the big one. Is that when a lie? I, that's yeah you that's it's false not true i'm not a medical professional but that is false i did not know that yeah Maybe so that's why women are only like going to get the morning after pill once they think that they only have three goes so they yeah. better save them up or something but that was it so like when i was getting the morning after pill when i was a kid after i'd taken it three times i stopped telling my friends because i was like that's it doesn't work anymore that's what i thought and that is false i don't even know where that started so is that like fed down to us so that we don't abuse or in inverted commas well another one is that it makes you infertile false that's a myth as well it absolutely doesn't what it does is it stops you from fertilizing an egg that day that's what it does so but it, it doesn't in any way affect your your infertility whatsoever yeah so i don't know where these myths started from but i think it's i got to point a finger at the church because i'd like to do that yeah because <laughs> i can so it's like something father o'carroll started doesn't <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that those myths were kind of always circulated There was around. another one that you had to take it on the first day 
Oh, oh no, sorry, the that's the pill. After. I'm thinking the pill, the actual pill. You just you could only start it on the first day of your period because it wouldn't work. But apparently that's not true. It's so that to make sure you're not already pregnant because it could damage the baby. Yeah, I mean, lot. I've no idea. I've no idea if any of that's true. <laughs> yeah, but that, but it's not true. But I think um, it was an interesting thing that I kind of dealt with, and then I learned as I grew. And I realized that that wasn't the case. And mm. that's really important as well. But I mean, you'd kind of touched on sex education there when we were kids. Like, what was your sex education like? I don't think we had any. I don't remember having any. I definitely had some. But like not, I it wasn't remember. good. But I definitely had sex education. Like, don't you know that Waterford Whisper, uh, vid- they put up the video of like, and then the woman, and like it was a really satirical sex education. But like that was the kind of shit you were shown. Well, it was nothing about contraception. I know. When I, there was nothing about that. It was family planning. That's what I was taught about. Thank you, church. <laughs> so if you have sex, you will get pregnant and die. Although yeah. they didn't say and die, but it was kind of in that realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what it's a conversation that's still going on in the mm. doll about regulating sex education because the reality is that the majority of our schools are Catholic schools. So they're teaching such a sex education from a Catholic perspective, which is all about no condoms, uh, which can be a good or bad thing, I suppose, for some people, um, and all the kind of Catholic side of things. So yeah. I think how are you meant to have sex education when it's actually not an education at all? It's like and it's based really, in really hit or miss. Like, but like really at the, what's the alternative? I don't know if I want to be taught the reverse cowgirl by my civics teacher. Like what's the actual <laughs> like when we say sex education, like what do we mean? I want the banana. I, I, I've seen it in like all the movies. And I got the banana. Did you get the banana? Yeah, I got the banana. Talk us to through that. I want a banana. Yeah. No. Yeah. See? <laughs> it was, it, no. I had, we had a great health teacher in, in junior high. And it, was it, in, it wasn't in Ireland. No, no, no. It was in, it yeah. was in the States. Yeah, so was like, she was really, no, really great. And like made sure that um, we knew about every form of contraception. Like... My, my favorite is the diaphragm because nobody uses the diaphragm anymore. My mom was like, I had one of those I in the 70s. I still don't understand how it works. So it goes in, I think, and then it just catches it, it all. Yeah, you're yeah, like, how? Hey. I don't know how. Like a little parachute. Yeah, like right <laughs> like up against it. your cervix. Yeah, it's just um, but yeah, like I, I felt like my sex education was really good. Um, and then the school district brought in this abstinence-only educator. So I was getting like these mixed messages where like, here are all the forms of contraception. Here is why you you need to use them and then by the way don't have sex till marriage because that's confusing be- mm-hmm. yeah really yeah. confusing i can understand that that guy is still going and still like abstaining yes <laughs> <laughs> still trotting out the same lines that he was like 20 years ago but i mean with your business shauna in general like when you came here you set up sexshopper.ie because you saw a gap in the market for sex toys basically i mean like it wasn't I don't know if it was like I necessarily well I mean I did I did see a gap in the market because there was nobody in Ireland who was doing what I wanted to do or what I wanted in a sex shop I was like oh there there is space for um, someone to be open and be the face of a business and um, to, to tell people that like having a sex toy is okay and like talking about sex and sex toys is totally okay um, 
but yeah, like it was that and revenge against that, that abstinence only educator. <laughs> but did you find that it was when you came to Ireland that it was just kind of like the Irish thing? We talk about the church a little bit and kind of talking about sex in general, but like surely we've moved on from that. Like everybody uses sex toys. They're amazing, right? Um, not, not everybody. I still, like I still get people who will come up to me at events. And, people still snigger when you say it. Right? <laughs> and, and say like, oh, I think it's great what you're doing, but I don't need sex toys personally. I'm like, I never said that you did like it's not about needing a sex toy it's about like wanting something extra just so something fun the, the the analogy i give is like people like their chips different people might like their chips plain they might like salt and vinegar on their chips they might like ketchup on their chips it's just a different thing to put on your chips and interestingly <laughs> you, you told me during uh before we started that during the heat wave Nobody was having sex. Nobody was having sex, and so my sales took a nosedive over the summer. Because everyone was just a bit sticky. Which meant that I can't, go, I couldn't go to an electric picnic because I didn't have enough no. money. No, <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> so buy more sex toys so I can go to an electric picnic next year. But I mean, we we ran a piece on site there about how millennials aren't having that much sex anymore at all. There was research done in the U.S. about it, and basically porn was to blame that's what they were saying they were saying that you know there's an unrealistic version of sex mm. because take, of porn i take issue with that why <laughs> because i watch porn i mean porn's <laughs> cool porn's cool but i think it's also like how um how we we frame it there's tons and tons of reasons why we're not having as much sex as uh, let's say our parents generation we also need to look at things like uh the housing crisis we need to look at um the gig economy and what's causing stress and anxiety in people like i think like stress is probably one of the biggest reasons why we're not having as much sex but we also need to look at like the quality of sex over the quantity of well sex. see this is the thing it's very easy to just like throw out something about how millennials aren't having sex anymore but realistically like they're ha as in the population is going down because of this. So there's actually reasons why this isn't happening. A lot of people seem to think Netflix, that it's- Netflix, isn't it? Well, Netflix and chill, but I thought that was a code word for sex, personally. But I, I read an article on it before and it was saying that our parents had more sex because they were bored. They had nothing else to do. Like we have box sets and like films and <laughs> this is the truth. When you're, do you know what I mean? You're like on a Sunday night now, you're like, we'll watch a movie. type of boxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, that it's just, you've just more to do. You've more to entertain you. Whereas if you had, if you're in, the, if you go away with your partner, like on to the country for a weekend and you've no Wi-Fi and you've no telly, you'll end up having loads more rides than you will in your apartment in Dublin 8. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor There was another. <laughs> you know what I mean though. There was another thing that we we spoke about on site about how 40% of new couples are having less sex as well now because of Netflix. Netflix because people are <laughs> people are choosing TV over sex yeah. and I just found that young people I just found that really hard to believe. Also mm. because we can't afford to go on dates anymore. Yeah. Like I like if you think about you it's yeah if you're in a new relationship with someone you you might want to go to dinner you might want to go bowling or do whatever but you can't afford it um so instead you might opt for getting like a spice bag and watch some netflix and then you have that spice bag and realize you've really bad indigestion and you're not going to be riding anyway i am not speaking from personal experience guys <laughs> so hashtag her hump day do you guys have any questions about contraception while we're at it no don't ask me but like amongst um, yourselves oh. 
Oh, I'm, this I'm is still an, stuck on the diaphragm. This is yeah, I don't know. This is an interesting one, not hugely related to sex, um, but very interesting as well. Um, when should the girl text the guy first? S O S help hashtag her hump day. Don't ever, don't ever text him. Whenever you want. No. Whenever you want. No. Me and Angie have very different opinions on this. Why, 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 why? I'm bizarrely, I think, I don't know, like Angie's more like, oh, if you want, if you like him, let him know. I'm like, if you like him, ignore him. Don't even look at the prayer. Don't even look at him. Get him. No. The way you'll get him is by completely ignoring him. I'm very traditional in many ways. (laughs) I'm telling you. To be honest with you, I disagree with you because if you go out on a date, for example, and I was talking to someone about this recently, if you go out on a date with someone, you've had a great time, and then you're wondering about when you should text them or you're you're playing a game straight away, which I don't think is a healthy place to start a relationship, Joanne. You have to play. They, you need, everyone needs to be played a little bit. That's just the truth. We've all had that person come on too strong and you're like bit needy do you know what I mean and that you don't fancy them anymore that's the truth whereas if someone kind of plays you a little bit and you're like are they into me are they not into me because it's it's like it's a human psychology if someone's mad for you then you assume you're better than them so you're like oh I'll go up I'll I'll punch up everyone's trying to punch up so if someone's punching up to you then you're like I'm not going to punch down to them trust me I'm going to write a book on this shit Shauna what do you she think she says unmarried and childless at 35 <laughs> Listen to your Auntie Joanne. I uh, I politely disagree with Auntie Joanne. <laughs> Text no, away, just, straight away. Like, if you both had a great time, I think when you're on a date with someone, you can kind of get a sense of whether or not this person likes you and whether or not you like them. So just like... Te- text whenever you feel like text when you feel like it like obviously like don't go crazy and text them like every five minutes for the next week yeah but like if you like someone just just let him like let him know i, I don't feel that. like it sets the tone for what type of relationship you're going to have yeah. because if you're going into it no one if you text him you're not gonna have any <laughs> not gonna have any relationship if you text him i can tell you that now but if you want to like have the kind of equal and dream situation of the feminist dream world you're going to go. <laughs> what was the word? I was looking for a word. Utopia. Utopia. Thank you. Uh, but if you want to have that, you have to set the tone for how you're going to act. And if you're going to act like I'm going to wait for him to text me, get in the sea. Yeah. No way. <laughs> um, speaking about the feminist utopia, we always also have another question. And again, not really related to sex. Maybe the hashtag is confusing. Is her paying fully on the first date ever okay? Three question marks. Hashtag her hump day. Is her paying fully on the first date ever okay? Yeah. As in like... Yeah, yeah. I so, feel like that's a woman asking the question because she's tried to pay fully on the first date and she's been... No, I'm not rejected. the woman trying to get out of paying on the first date. <laughs> I, I would find that I would find that strange if, 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 I, if I went on a date with a lad and he was like, I'll let you get that. I would find that strange. But I what would. if you suggested, let me get that? I, I would have... Of course, I'd always suggest it, but if he took me up on it, I'd be like, well, that's that. <laughs> like absolute trickery Joanne yeah oh yeah it's all wizardry I would wouldn't you be a bit taken aback now if you went on a first date with a guy I mean, and you're I like guess. let me and he went okay you'd be like Does what a what type of date it is so let's say it's like a tinder casual date if it's a coffee or whatever and you're like oh, I'll get that even that no 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 even that <laughs> I'm like oh you got syrup as well did you <laughs> no I wouldn't like that now either we split it should we split it that's the normal thing you do you split it to go Dutch, yeah. Yeah, you go Dutch. So you never on the first one. 
I've, then you see what happens. I don't know. I've picked up a check. I like it. On the first date? On the first date? Not on the first date. No. But oh, that's not the, to pick up a that's check. Not, that's not the question. Is her paying fully? Oh, no, it is. The it's question. on the first date. <laughs> so, no, it's not okay. <laughs> no, it's not okay. Okay, another question. How soon is too soon to be dating again after a big breakup? Hashtag her hump date. This is just relationship. Two weeks before you break up. Yeah, overlap is key. <laughs> Cross over. Overlap. How soon is too soon? Two weeks after. No, I'm two saying always start two weeks before you break up. Oh. Usually when people break up, they've been kind of like holding on for a while. So by the time you break up, well, one person's always ready to move on. One person's probably already moved on. And one person doesn't really understand what's happening. That's usually <laughs> what happens, isn't it? And you try and win them back for a while by posting sexy selfies and stuff on Instagram. And then they block you. <laughs> Um, what's the old saying? What was the question? Uh, <laughs> it's like therapy here. <laughs> the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. I don't know if we should be giving that advice to people, but uh, it's uh, your own prerogative. Well, well, I, wherever you are emotionally is when you should start dating is the proper thing to say, but get dicked fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, I think if we said hashtag get dicked fast, we would have gotten a, a huge amount more questions. Yeah. That is incredible <laughs> advice. Good. And the thing is, we do need to, I don't want to say that, but we do want to have sex because the population is going down. So that's no, it's that a, a good, good thing? thing that it's going down. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's the environment. The world is not requiring more people. Humans are a disease on the planet. Oof, okay. Should we consult a doctor before taking the morning after pill? This is a question that came in. Hashtag her home day, hashtag Griffith College. Um, I don't think you have to anymore. But I don't, no, like you can you can talk to your pharmacist about if you're on any other medications, if that's going to interact with the morning after pill. But again, that's like something you can talk about with a pharmacist. You don't necessarily need to talk to your doctor. About I mean, it. that's the whole good but thing. If you have issues as well. Like yeah. if yeah. you have issues, go to your doctor. If you don't, don't. <laughs> if, you have, if you have questions that you think your pharmacist won't be able to answer, then absolutely go to a doctor. You say it much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> I keep writing assholes. What will I do? <laughs> Um, I do want to ask before we wrap up, um, in terms of the morning after pill, just kind of circling back, although that was a really nice little relationship insert part that we had there. I liked it. Maybe we could all be agony ants one day. I didn't give any advice. But in terms of the morning after pill, is it something that you guys talk about with your own friends and family if you've had to go and get the morning after pill? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I've I've taken several friends to the pharmacist. That's that's what I should have said earlier. Instead of like getting the guy to come with you, um, I have been on multiple trips to the pharmacy with friends. Would you get, get a pal to go to get some Nurofen Plus? Um, I think there's like there's more to it than that because like it's it's not usually like a guy's fault that well maybe it is a guy's fault that you're getting the Nurofen Plus as well. I don't think a fault is the right word to use. No, 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 like, it's not. I think it's just like taking Nurofen Plus a set. Well, it's kind of. I think it it's about so like what like yeah. for me I think it's just going in to get a tablet I need so I don't personally need support or whatever or to bring people with me like I wouldn't bring someone <laughs> to get some lem sips but like but it's more I, about the conversation because I think we're trying to like break down the stigma and for some reason like the young people that we interviewed on the street they definitely did like when we ran at them with a microphone they kind of went like this when they realized we weren't asking them what their outfit of the day was do you mm. know what I mean like the topic about morning after pill and sex is still something that people kind of shy away from so it's more about but it's the conversation and, and intimate like it yeah. is you know what I mean? I, I talk about it a lot in my stand-up, but in a general sense. But like, I think it's okay that people aren't going, yeah, and then I fucked your man last night. <laughs> I did notice, what I noticed a lot of it's about stand-up actually um, is when American stand-ups come to Ireland, female stand-ups, the kind of tradition over there is that they 
talk like lads. So they're start and like you see them and we were down at the cat laughs and these American female comics were up and they're we're in Kilkenny and like the audience, do you know, they're like we're Irish, we're kind of conservative a bit. Like we're she's very like, conservative. Yeah. yeah. She's like, Yeah, now fuck this guy and, I and the whole audience is like <gasps> Even I was like, oh my God, she keeps saying that. Why does she keep saying she fucked him? It was gross. You made love to him. But I don't think we talk like that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I think it's okay to kind of be a bit... I think there's a lot wrong with it. Like, I was... <laughs> you want us to talk Andrea more like that? relationship yeah. summed up. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Uh, but like I was just in Berlin and the difference of the way people um, approach sex there to the way we do it here. Whereas over in Ireland, it's all about the woman's job is to hold it. The man's job is to get it. Whereas in like when I was there, it was just like, I'd like to have sex. You'd like to have sex. Let's have sex together. And it was a normal situation that people engage in as opposed to this big thing that we put on a mountain of but you're taking all the emotion out of it like women and men are wired differently we mean and you discuss this a lot oh, when I women disagree. we're wired completely are you insane we're wired do you think we have the same brains i don't we don't have the same brains but like we're we not don't we're have not, the we're same not, brains we're not wired differently we're com wired completely differently i've read oh books <laughs> i've read <laughs> books i've read women when a woman has sex her body releases the same um, chemical that it does when she gives birth so it's like an attachment chemical because we're basically cave people living in 2018 with iPhones right so we attach this atta this attachment chemical I know I keep <laughs> flowing it out of my vagina um, because so we do attach more I definitely there's no doubt about it I attach more to men than they do to me when I have sex with them and that, and that it is chemical and the communication side of our brain is much larger than theirs that's why we have better intuition we can read situations better the sex side of their brain is bigger than ours that's why they have a higher sex drive like you can't deny those things there is a difference so when men I don't I sex to me it is a transaction of sorts but I it's for me it's more a transaction of emotions for them it's more well, a transaction like for, of, but I think when you're saying for them I, there, just I know a lot of women who do not have many maybe those emotional connections yeah I think with, I I think that's an interesting point because I don't know the science, I haven't read the books, but I know lots of women who do the transaction just for the fluids like you were about to say there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, like that it's really just about sex for women as well. Although I think we've almost been trained in society to think that we have more mm. of an emotional connection to it when or really- we I think that's instinct. I, I don't know. I think I, we can just be- instinct. I don't think so. I do. I think it's instinct. I don't think it's, I think now the trend is for women to, be like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. I'll fucking ride whatever. La, la, la. I think that's actually the trend now. Whereas I definitely don't relate to that. I need See, to be I like, the trend now I need is to that think people they're in love with me. That's it. The next can day, have I can't both, take rejection. And that it doesn't have to be one or the other. I think you can want to have sex sometimes for the physical joy of it. And then sometimes you want to have a connection and that it doesn't have to be camp A or camp B. Well, it, yeah. I don't find it physically joyful unless I think what? they're interested in me. As in like, no, I would have no interest in taking some random lad home and riding them. For what? Like, no. <laughs> to get dicked out but not interested I no I need like the like seduction and like the the, the, the yeah, opportunity you and you're else. saying that all women are like that no, and not, I disagree saying, I know but I'm saying a lot of women are would yeah, you not agree with women, women are, here not a agree lot of women are not like that as well there's a more lot emotionally of, tuned into sex there's a lot of nodding heads there's in the a audience. lot of nodding heads can <laughs> you get the nodding heads there <laughs> are we recording the nodding heads are we recording the nodding heads 
I mean, I had a conversation with a woman recently and she was going to go on Tinder. She had just gotten out of a relationship and she wanted to have sex with a guy. And it wasn't, she literally didn't want, she didn't even really want to date. She just wanted to have sex. And I was so interested in this because I've never done that. I've never gone on Tinder with the sole specific purpose of just having sex. So I was so intrigued. I was asking her all the questions. I was like, so you don't know, you don't know him? And she was like, no, I met him this afternoon and all this. And it was, it was quite empowering to hear her, but I felt like a stick in the mud. I felt like I was from ye old Ireland times. Yeah. You just have to, I think you have to be kind of, I know it's a real wanky statement, but like you have to be true to yourself. So like whatever floats your boat, if you want to go out and just get dicked out with this, our poet here <laughs> said. I'm going to call this episode get dicked out of it. Uh, then do it, absolutely. But I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that you want something but more I, from it. I, I think you're there's more, nothing you're wrong with saying in a that way. sometimes you do want to have yeah, the bodily thing and sometimes yeah. you want your cheeks stroked. There's nothing wrong with saying anything. There's 2018. Say it and you want. <laughs> do it and you want. You can ride it and you want. Um, or we, not. We have another question that came in here on Twitter. How long could you stay without having sex before losing your mind? Hashtag <laughs> her hump day. Hashtag Griffith, Griffith College. Hashtag Dexter Loco. Stay where? Like in a relationship? Or could you just How long life? could you stay without having sex before losing your mind? I, would, um, like, how long you I wouldn't go care. Without it. Maybe how long you could go without it. I think we're lucky enough now to be in a situation where wonderful shops like Sex Shop exist so you don't have to lose your mind because you can lose your fingers. Release the beast. (laughs) (laughs) You can get vibrated out of it. Have you read um, (laughs) Have you read Lily Allen's book? Haven't, no. no. It's really good. Did she, is this fake news or I haven't read the book now but she had sex in in a plane with a famous musician. Gallagher, she did. And then his wife Oh, rang. Shit. He rang and he's like, Lily, I've got what's his wife's name, Nicole, here, and she heard a rumor that we'd sex. Lily, tell her it's not true. <laughs> she she wrote all this in the book. Anyway, but the reason I was talking about Lily was that remember she had that really she hated Cheryl Cole. Wow, we've really gone down a different route. <laughs> we are coming around, the- <laughs> coming around. Um, she says the reason she was so bitter was because she'd never come. So when she was like, she didn't come till she was like, she didn't have an orgasm until she was in her mid twenties. Lily something Allen like that. didn't. Yeah, yeah. And so she says that's where a lot of her frustration came from, and she took it all out in Cheryl Cole. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just thought that was fascinating that she was she was genuinely re- she had all this pent up frustration and stuff because she thought there was something wrong with her. I guess but there was, which a lot of women do think. But that that's the problem is like we uh, women are are d- actively discouraged from knowing their bodies, and we need to do like more for that. Like we actively need to encourage women to get to know their bodies. If we if we did that as much as like if there was as much um, representation of female masturbation as there is like guys masturbation I know what is that much, it's, it's a do you know what's really place. interesting though I thought the other day I was talking to a group of girls and I something came up and we were talking about vaginas um <laughs> normal Sunday brunch and it was like lo- women do do not like the look of vaginas even though it's part of their own body and then the lesbians there were like oh, I love them um but it was so interesting that there'd be such a hatred for a part of your body that's part of you it's like have oh you... they're disgusting it's like it's on your leg have you kind of. <laughs> maybe yours on the top of your leg <laughs> where the hell is yours it's very wide <laughs> I'm only joking cut that cut that <laughs> I do kegels, okay? <laughs> the worst bit of info you want to write about yourself. 
Have you ever but watched? That, that's another thing. Uh, no, anyway. uh, you definitely don't want people thinking you got a wide muscle. vagina. It's a muscle. Yeah. The more you use it, the tighter it gets. Have you ever watched that um, TV show? I think it's on Channel 4. It's the Naked Dating one. Oh my God, it's... How do they get anyone to well, do First that? off, it's it's my and my boyfriend's favorite show. We watch it religiously. And I am fascinated by looking at women's vaginas way more than looking at the men's penises, to I, be honest with you. I want to see them all. It's I amazing. Think we have, because again, because of porn, and I know the porn weird, has, there's many to benefits say. to porn, but the one thing is that it's given lads as well this idea that vaginas are these like perfectly formed, uniform looking. Hairless. Like the Barbie. money clips. Like the those money, <laughs> do you remember those money pocket wedge things that you, do you remember them? Um, and it's not, it's not, it's not true. But I do think, and I actually wrote an article before for Stellar about designer vaginas because I was like, what's all this bit of a, a designer vagina? And I went to look at them and they're gross. They just look like they've no personality. They all look <laughs> the same and they stitch the hole up to the size of a Tic Tac so that men can get loads of sexual resistance. And there is something weird about it. You're like, you're building your genitals around what some lad thinks he wants because he's been watching porn since he was 12. Well, this is it. Now, I know that you're a big fan of porn, but no, I do think that the vagina, porn vaginas are just a crazy level of There's this amazing thing vagina. called Make Love Not Porn by Cindy Gallup, and it's a website mm. that is user-generated porn, but it's all it has to be signed off, but it's like it shows all the different types of vaginas and penises and all that shenanigans so I like love I, I love that. I love make love not porn and um, there's so many there's so many great the, the, the reason why I say like porn is great is be, not necessarily because of like the mainstream porn that you get on like tube sites um which has its place as well but you have so many like new um porn producers and directors like lots of uh, more female directors like Erica Lust um you've got like lots of like queer producers who are showing a much more diverse um group of people having sex in front of a camera than what we would have seen in previous years. So when I talk about like porn, it's a huge umbrella. And I think to to talk about it in terms of like what's just on the free tube sites is like incredibly reductive. Yeah. However, in Australia, and you might have gotten you might have read about this for your your article for Stellar. Um, in Australia, they they censor porn in such a way that um, you can, I think it was like you could, you can't show women with um, really big labia, and you can't show um, women with a cup breast lest it like promote child pornography. So wow. yeah, so so women with smaller breasts were completely censored out of porn, and um, and a lot of like porn magazines um, they'll Photoshop out larger labia. Australia leads the world in uh, vaginoplasties, I think, because of that. Because you have, like, because um, of this, like, ban on what is seen as, like, obscene. So I kind of, like, I, I have issues with, like, government censoring porn because of that. Yeah. I just think it would really, really hurt to have a vaginoplasty. Yeah. It's just cutting the... <laughs> <laughs> Labia thing off and then <laughs> I've got a Zara vagina I think it's not really designer it's more like high street like top shop that was a, a great surgery mind but just you know snip snipper snip fucker <laughs> just snipper I think what do you snip whatever popping out the end <laughs> I think the, I think that show is amazing though because it's taking away what is considered to be the perfect type of vagina and penises and you just learn a lot I love it watch yeah. it there's also but like, a documentary who would, who would on last night called The Largest Penis 
I, well, I've no interest. As in, like, I'd watch the documentary, but like, I, I think this, this also this myth that like women want these huge, big penises. That's what it was about. Sorry, was that's that that's that a question. Myth. We have time for one more question. So, um, hashtag her hump day, hump day. Does penis size really matter? Question mark. Yeah. It means different things to different people. Like, <laughs> Joanne, <laughs> just tell the truth. Okay. We all want to know what you really, really think about this question. I like an average penis. <laughs> With a bit of personality. <laughs> With a top Maybe hat. a waistcoat, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> lads that get really paranoid about this, I don't know where, like it's, no more than we get paranoid about things that we're told that we need to look like. Lads are told they need these really big uh, dicks. I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> Well, a friend of mine um, went out with this guy. He was huge. He was Rihanna's. Okay, sorry. Oops. <laughs> Cut that. Um, he was this man, and we. <laughs> His name was Derek or something, and we had to call him in stages Derek because she'd be like, <sighs> she'd to like lower herself on him, and then eventually she was like, you know what? I just I can't do this, and he got really upset. She was like, this happens to me all the time. Now I don't know how big his was, but I'm saying nothing wrong with something compact. <laughs> I think it's so, you can't say big or small, I think. And it's like when people are like, oh my God, she was a great rider. He was a great ride. Nobody's bad at sex. The fact of the matter is you're, (laughs) you just bond, Uh, no, you just bond with people differently. So young lads are bad at sex. but they might they be don't good. know what they're doing. They're like, they just drill you for oil, don't they? But everyone is bad at stuff when they're really young. So, but I think like you're bad. Kissing, we don't have to do anything. Kissing, like everyone when they were young, when they were kissing, that was shocking. Mm. Like nobody knew what was going on in your mouth. It was awful. Yeah. I just think that when you find the right person, oh, that you, no, I know I'm such a romantic Stop. to get dicked out of. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I think when you find like it's a be- <laughs> it's not it's a big dick and a wide vagina or whatever. It's like, it's like no, tetris. it's no one's good or bad at sex. It's like you have a chemistry with some yeah, people and you have a, and you don't with another. So someone who could have the perfect size penis, whatever that is, obviously large, um, <laughs> but ha- could have that and have no chemistry with someone. And then with someone else, they could be the best ride in the world. So mm. I don't think you can say that there is a right or wrong. It's just and chemistry is that weird untangible thing that you don't really know what it is or why it's there yeah. you just have it and with other people you just don't like I went on this date before I remember this guy and he was gorgeous but it was just like nothing like nothing would that have something to do with you like a quirk shall we say I love a quirk yeah yeah, yeah. I love a like a little <laughs> <laughs> An average quirk. Deformity. Did you you have sex with them though? Just to see? No. No. I was like, mmm. It was like, I would have humped that chair quicker. It was so weird. And he's beautiful. Like he's a really handsome man, but just no chemistry at all. At all, at all. Just being handsome is not enough to have sex with someone. But I think some people, if you've had a couple of drinks, you're like, oh, fuck it. Like he's hot. I'll just, do you know what I mean? I don't know. You'll just what? do it but I wasn't into it I just I have chemistry with strange looking people and people with <laughs> I went out with a guy once he was totally he'd one eye didn't close um, and he couldn't see out of it and all yeah listen the heart wants what it wants <laughs> I don't know just in terms of we're going to wrap up now but in terms of that question from um, about the penis size sexshopper.ie what's your best seller oh um... <laughs> so can you get like, a, like an extension 
Oh, I mean, you, you can get extensions. Um, I, I don't have any on the site, but you can get like penis extensions. But my, my most uh, my most popular thing that I sell is a vibrator called the the Miss Buy, which I love. Um, but it's like it's like a rabbit style vibrator. It's not like hugely long or anything. It's a it's a nice average size, Joanne. You'd love it. Perfect. The rabbit, <laughs> the rabbit um, handbag size vibrators. Yeah. They look so intricate. They scare the crap out of me a little bit. They are kind of intricate, but like what, what like I love about them. There's one going in there, there's one going in there, there's one going in there. Like, they're just going everywhere. I don't know what's going on. What I love Bingo. about it is it gives, you, it gives you a lot of like variety. You can use them in different ways. You don't have to use it in the prescribed way that it shows like on the box. You can, yeah. you can use it internally, externally on your nipples, whatever you want. And even some of your best sellers aren't even shaped like penises. They're like little cute little circle things. Yeah, you can always tell when a uh, when a sex toy is, that is made for women is designed by a dude because it is like always this giant, girthy, long, <laughs> pink thing that looks like a penis. That's not necessarily what everybody wants. No, we, do, we don't need that very much. But, um, <laughs> That is all the time that we have. Before we go, I'm just going to announce who our competition winner is. It is Tanya Rachel, and that is the penis size one. Yes! Yay, Yay penis size! Yay! Clapping for penis. <laughs> so she gets a 200 euro voucher for pennies. Thank you so much to my amazing panel, Shauna, Joanne, and Andrea. Thank Round of applause. Thank you so much to Ella One as well. And thank you to everybody that was helping out behind the scenes. Uh, we'll be here next week as well. So listen in. Thanks. Woo! That's it, guys. Thank you. Okay, wait, guys. I just want to get a selfie. That was actually great, man. That was so fun. Like, <laughs> my auntie, I'm <laughs>